following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Yes, slide the food down that way so you can partake. Okay, so uh, so this was Parsha. Is Parsha Kisisa. Um, this restore portion that we're going to read is Kamish Shabbat, which deals with fascinating, interesting mitzvah known as the Machzit HaShekel, um, which is the, um, literally translated, Machzit means half, like Chatzit is half, Shekel, um, coin. Shekel is a denomination which is actually still used in modern-day Israel, um, uses the term Shekel for their standard currency. So the Shekel actually comes comes from the Torah. Okay. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Comes from the Torah itself. Um, and it's, I don't know what the worth of the denomination was, but um, the Torah talks about how basically it was a head tax. Every single person, um, it was sort of that's the way they did the census also. The census was done by everyone giving a half a shekel, a coin, and that would allow them to count, instead of counting, um, counting people, they would actually count these coins. Um, that's the way they, do, they would do the census. Um, but it really, in essence, was a tax. The money that was collected was used for the expenses in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. in the Mishkan, to buy sacrifices, whatever other expenses um, there were in the, in the tabernacle, that's what the money was used for. Basically, it was a tax. What's interesting is, as a side point, this is also the source for when your grandmother tells you you're not supposed to count, and we don't count. If you ever ask an old Jewish grandmother how many grandchildren they have, they never give you the answer. So the, reason, the, the source is actually from here too. Because the Torah says you shouldn't count people, you should count the coins. So there's a lot of different explanations given as to why we don't count people, but we don't. Um, suffice to say, I mean, when I can, that's a side topic. There's a concept called Ayin Hara, which means uh, even though we, don't, we tend not to believe in heebie-jeebies in Judaism, at least we claim not to believe, believe in, in things like that. But there is the, we don't believe in superstitions, but, but there's a lot of buts to that. Um, so one of them is we don't count people, um, saying that there's some concept of if you count people, it's not good. The Torah implies it's not good for the people. Okay, so that's it's a whole separate topic. This happens to be the source right here. So we're going to read some of the verses in the first. Um, Brian, you got a hand up? You have one? So... So, uh, the beginning of the parasha, it's the first mitzvah in the parasha, and it begins, um, I, I skipped the beginning, I don't have a chumash with me, but it says, like this, it says, this they shall give. Everyone who goes through the counting, half a shekel, according to the holy shekel, 20 geras equal one shekel. Half such a shekel shall be an offering of the Lord. So I don't know exactly, again, what the denomination is, exactly how much it's worth, was it worth in those days. What's interesting, it says like this. It's everyone who goes through the counting from the age of 20 and upward. So the census was only for um, um, people, actually males, between the ages of 20 and 60 were counted. Um, and they were ones obligated to give. Meaning anyone under the age of 20, above the age of 60, was excluded. And females, basically, it was also a census, really, for the military, for the army. So those were the people who, were in, who fought in the military, 20 and 60, 20 and 60 years old. So there's, those were the ones counted. Um, and this is the first time, by the way, we find a census in the Torah after them leaving Egypt. Um, and the, the total, as we know, this was, was six hundred. Well, actually, when they left Egypt, it says it was six hundred thousand people. I don't remember the numbers here. Um, but the point is, so again, it clearly was some form of a tax. 
If you look at verse 15, a very interesting question, which is always a debate when you're dealing with taxes, is should there be a flat tax um, or should there be a progressive tax based on your income, based on your, on your, on the members of your household? Here it was. The Torah says very clearly in this text, at least in this particular case, as we'll see, it says the rich shall give no more and the poor shall give no less in half a shekel. So in a certain sense, it was a flat tax. The Torah in this text, in this particular case, the Torah seems to be saying very clearly it was a flat tax. You weren't allowed to give more. Even if you were extremely patriotic to your country and you decide you want to give uh, more, pay more to the taxes, it was prohibited. Only were allowed to take. Flat tax. Everyone had to give the same half a shekel. So in a certain sense, it was saying the e everyone was equal, had an equal part in the building, in this case, of the tabernacle, um, with which to give your offering to the Lord to atone for yourself. So there was a certain spiritual aspect to it also, which is, was an atonement. And we said also the fact that it was used as a census, census not to count on the people. But clearly everyone, it says, no matter what your income was, everyone gave the same amount. And the Torah finishes off in verse 16, You shall take the silver of the atonements of the children of Israel and use it for the work of the tent of meeting, as the tabernacle, shall be a remembrance for the children of Israel before the Lord to atone for yourselves. So again, it's some form of atonement, um, which, by the way, we do this, um, this, we still have, of course, we don't have a tabernacle today. We don't have a flat tax um, taken. But we do, um, we do, what we do do is to remember this is one of the 613 commandments. In remembrance of it, um, before asking Rishchodesh Adar, which is coming up, I don't know when. Does anyone know what today's Hebrew date is? Um, today's Hebrew date? Yeah, you don't have your app. Anyone has an app on their phone? Today is 10th of Adar. 10th of Adar. So in 30 days, uh, sorry, in 20 days, which would be the second Adar, <coughs> this year's leap year, there's two Adars. So on Rosh Chodesh Adar, um, they, that's when they would actually collect this tax. That's the day that the Machst Shekel was collected. It's a month before um, Pesach, basically. Okay, or a month and 15 days. So we have a custom on, on the Fast of Esther, which is the day before Purim, to replicate this. And we have a custom in the show people give um, half a dollar coins to charity. And it's based on, that, on this custom here, uh, on this law of the Torah. But of course, we're not doing, we're actually doing the mitzvah because this was specific for the collecting of the Mishkan and the census just to commemorate this mitzvah. So they do this, they still do this in many synagogues um, on a tiny test of the day before Purim a month before passing. Okay, so that's interesting. It happens that's the connection of this week's Torah portion. Again, does it shed light and say that the Torah promotes a flat tax? I'm not sure, as we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, who, who's for flat tax? Sam Ron, Ron Paul? As it's defined in this room? No, in, the, in <laughs> okay, which no, party? There's a certain party that always pushes flat tax. We holding the Republican party. No, the Republican party doesn't push it. The, the agenda. I think it's like one of the, it's like uh, maybe uh, Ron Paul or something. Yeah, I don't think it's something. even a Republican platform yeah. idea. It's, it's more a platform. Right, extreme. Uh, sort of a, not even libertarians. I, I think it's, there, there is a sect of folks that want it. Platform. But I, Steve Forbes was the, was the biggest proponent of it. But yeah, yeah. Run over okay. uh, a long time ago. But it's a misnomer to call it fly tax. As it relates to what we're calling a flat tax here. Why? If all of us, if the tax for each of us to make a contribution is $100, we all come up with 100 bucks. 
if I only have 50 and I need to borrow 50 from Brian, then that's between Brian and me. Okay. The concept of a flat tax isn't discussed in modern America. <coughs> it's, a flat rate. it's a flat rate. So it's a flat rate of 15%. So if I make $100,000, I pay 15,000. Okay, so, so that's important. So we're going to get to that. It's very important. We're going to talk about that. Because the realm seems to imply that also. So we'll get to that. Here is half a shekel at a nominal amount just for the purposes of counting, mm. or is it a, really a, a significant taxable right. amount? So I don't so think, it, I think it was a, um, you know, probably a, a nominal, but not a significant amount, obviously, because we're charging poor people yeah. too. But, but when you add up, no, right, but I'm saying, right. so no, but, the, but so I'm saying is that. The counting, I understand the point about counting. But, but it, it yeah, it was the budget. It's basically funded the budget of the tabernacle. So, so listen. Even a nominal, as we know, even uh, they raise the uh, gas prices to, to you know, gas taxes to cents. That's a major amount. I mean, ends up it's a nominal amount for each individual, maybe. But first of all, it adds up even for the individuals throughout the year, and surely for the government, when you're, I mean, it ends up being a substantial amount. But after the, after yeah. the after all this episode, and now we're in the, in the homeland. It was also given for the second year. The Beit yeah, the Beit Hamikdash. This was yeah, done every single year yeah, um, after until the temple was destroyed. So this concept was done. Yes, um, and not, not even for census purposes necessarily, right. for, for for raising funds for the temple. Right. So that would be nice if the if the Sharon had a flat uh, flat rate membership. A lot of people would be a lot happier. <laughs> I think that I've heard uh, that's been an issue for every airline that's tried it. <laughs> okay, so um, so now so the question is um, obviously let me make it clear from the beginning. There's no we're not um, in a certain sense maybe this class should have been titled may you cheat on your taxes, but the answer is obviously going to be very clearly no. Although we'll see, it's not so simple um, in the sense of how it's viewed. There are um, some seemingly maybe not politically correct statements in the Talmud that would allow one to sort of, uh, as we'll see, to, to fiddle with their taxes. But, but we're going to, I mean, at the end of the day, as we'll see, the Allah is very clear. Of course, there's no question you're obligated to pay taxes, again, in a just government, as we're going to discuss. That's where there's going to be gray areas. Oh, that's the fiddle point. Right. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so the first thing is, so interesting, just on this, uh, on this itself, Rabbi Hirsch, just an interesting thing, especially with what's going on in Israel. Um, now, this is also an inter interesting question, meaning Rabbi Hirsch, who, again, this was, he was, I didn't put the dates down here, but he wrote his commentary on the Torah, and he was leader of German Jewry in the um, early part of the century. Um, he was, uh, died in 1930, maybe, before the war, but he was basically the, the leader at the time. So in his commentary on the Torah discussing the Machzadah Shekel, says very clearly, only he who contributes his count, only he who makes his contribution is entitled to be reckoned in the number of children of Israel. The moment he seeks to be counted without making his contribution and claims the right to live for himself without contributing meaning, to society, at, the moment, that, at that moment he forfeits his right to exist. Um, so meaning, he's saying very clearly, part of paying taxes is an input down uh, there are other uh, many famous say, secular sayings about paying taxes, um, but but the point is that uh, taxes without taxes. I think there's a line I remember. Adam Smith says uh, um, taxes is the lifeblood of of the country of the government. 
Right? Countries, um, governments cannot exist without taxes. Um, that's the reality of most, I think, all societies, in a certain sense, wouldn't be able to exist without taxes, without getting into the, we will talk about that later, maybe the welfare state and all that, even basic services, without talking about uh, welfare services, um, just having roads and infrastructure in a, in a country, you need to have some form of a tax. I think that's clear that everyone would agree on, um, maybe not some libertarians, but, uh, but, but in general, I think that's agreed. And that's what Hirsch is saying here. Because no one, you can't say you want to be part of a society and not contribute. You, know, you can't say, which is really some of the big debate going on now in Israel with some of the religious, um, uh, religious who say they don't want to join the army. Can you have a society where some people contribute and some don't? It doesn't work. Eventually, it's, it's not going to work. People resent it. Um, everyone, the question is, does everyone have to, have to contribute equally? That's something we'll discuss. And that gets back to the question of flat tax or not. But, but in a certain sense, everyone must contribute on some level. Unless you're over uh, 60 or under 20 or a woman. Um, no. There's, there's, there's different types of contributions. But okay. in a certain sense, but no one could say, listen, I'll, I'm, I'll, I won't take money. There are, by the way, there are certain religious institutions in Israel, extreme uh, right-wing um, religious orthodox institutions who don't take money from the government. They say we, since they, we don't support the government, they're honest about it. They say we won't take, because the government supports yeshivas in Israel, su supports our religious institutions, um, which is one of the debates going on now. Should they be doing that? But they do do that. But there are institutions who won't refuse to take money, which is, I admire them on their principle, at least they might disagree with their philosophy, but their principle, they won't take money from the government. And they, they, don't, they don't pay taxes either. So the question is, but they do still use hospitals and they still use the roads and they still use... So they still use the and public they, transportation. They, and if the place burns down, they would still like the right, fire department. Right, call the fire department. So in a certain sense, so there is... But otherwise, there is, they, right. they But I'm saying, but they off. won't, which is admirable. They could say, we're not going to... You know, they're struggling because they won't accept money from the government. Which, again, it's, it's, there is some principle in that, which even though I disagree vehemently with their philosophy, but at least there's some. they have some principles because there are other places who refuse to pay taxes and <laughs> don't go to the army and they still take from the government. <laughs> so... At least you have to give them that much. Okay, so this is a big, this is playing out now in society in Israel at great, uh, greatly with all the political, across the political spectrum. Um, but again, Rabbi Hirsch is saying very clearly if you're going to be part of society, you need to contribute. Um, otherwise, you have no right to exist in that society, in that sense. So now, the, the different, what I mentioned before, and again, which is very fascinating, there are, there's a difference, and it's important to understand that when one is, cheating on their taxes or let's say withholding or not declaring certain income that's not in halacha at least we don't call that stealing when the Torah says thou shalt not steal stealing means and this this is important difference as we see stealing means you're taking something that doesn't belong to you you're taking someone's property someone else I pickpocket someone already right now if withholding alone is not called stealing in the Torah it's important to know it's not uh, Ten Commandments by the way anyway is not really stealing and when it says thou shalt not steal, this is a myth. People is really referring to kidnap, stealing humans. But there are other places the Torah says very clearly, you shall not steal. But that's not, withholding funds is not called stealing. It's important to note that, as we'll see. Let's say not paying back a loan. It's also not stealing. It's, it's prohibited, the Torah says, and that's the verse I quoted. Here's another verse in Leviticus that, that says, it's called Oshek. The Torah says, thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor. In any which way, so that would be under the that would be let's say not paying back a loan. Again, you didn't violate 
quote unquote, thou shalt not steal, but you violated this law in Leviticus, which is defrauding fraud. So stealing, meaning again, is, is actually taking something that doesn't belong to you. Not paying back something that's owed is called fraud. It's called oshek. Or I don't know if that fraud is the right translation exactly, the exact translation. So there's a big difference in Jewish law between the two. I'm assuming there is in secular law too. I don't know enough about it. I mean, what is it if I don't pay taxes? I haven't paid taxes. Well, stealing, you know, stealing would stealing? be a criminal act, and failure to pay something back would be a civil act. Mm-hmm. So, so even a loan, even if someone defaults on a loan, um, so that's civil. Mm-hmm. It's not criminal, criminal. right? So right. say we so. We don't so have so debtors' prison. Right. So okay. So there's a difference. So in the Torah, it's not a difference in necessarily criminal law. We don't call it's, it's all civil. Technically, even stealing would be civil. Um, but um, but there's still a difference, as we'll see. So there is one minor opinion, and this is not uh, politically correct to say this, um, but that does say that um, this is something which is relevant. I, th- I think we discussed it here before. Again, it's very unpolitically correct. I wouldn't say it in other settings. Since I've been giving this class, I know everyone here. I feel comfortable, maybe, saying it. Come you on, might not feel comfortable. You're, you're, you're so, you're so there is one opinion the in the early authorities that says <laughs> that Oshek, that only stealing is prohibited from Gentiles. Oshek, meaning not, meaning this, this, this particular prohibition, withholding something, is not, is not prohibited for Gentiles when it wouldn't cause the desecration of God's name. One opinion is the Ran Rubenonism of Gundi, lived in the 1100s. So we don't rule like him. But the question is, anyway, in either case, it's, it's a moot point because obviously um, fraud is, is always potential for what's called, that's what we call a chilu Hashem, meaning it's going to be, there's a chance you're going to get caught, so then it could be a chilu Hashem. So, then, so in either case, even according to that opinion, would be prohibited. But um, the reason where this is, is relevant, just practically in halacha, is what we call ta'ut akum, a mistake of a Gentile. It means if you're in the supermarket, um, let's say H-E-B, where it's, or... Randall's um, Fiesta is owned by a Jew, or at least mostly owned by a Jew, mm-hmm. by the Levitt uh, family. So there's a difference, meaning let's say if they give you back too much change, so according to this opinion, assuming they're not going to know if they give you too much change. So if this is where it gets not politically correct, for if it's a Jewish owned um, uh, establishment, you're obligated to return the, the extra change. If it's a non Jewish establishment, you're not obligated. It's not an so right. Meaning, yeah, you want to do it. It's good to do it. Um, even this opinion says that he hasn't seen anyone who t- who got who received money like that who the money was blessed. Meaning, always the money. If you do that, it's not necessarily a good thing. But again, it's not a vile technical violation. According to this one opinion of this law. Okay. I, I think most of the stuff is relatively easy. Okay, but for example. If you're going to buy something um, that you could buy from vendors in any number of states, okay? Mm-hmm. The law in Texas, excuse me, let's say I, I, I bought uh, a, a book in New York City for $100, okay? If I buy that in New York City, I walk in and I have to pay them 9% or 8.5% sales tax. If I have that book shipped, okay? It's actually the way the law reads is it's my responsibility to report to the state of Texas really? mm-hmm. that purchase from out of state and pay the, the state of Texas sales tax. If you're in business. There are Only exactly if you're business. zero people I have ever met who ever reported their out of purchase state. Sales tax purchases. And they look for it. 
California has offices in Texas looking for that stuff from people who are buying mm. things from California and it's shipped out of state. So what do you mean? Oh, because California gets the money, not... California gets the money. So when you, well, you reported to Texas, what happened? You reported to Texas and then... And no, then you wouldn't report it, no. Okay. It's shipped out of state. My, my point is that there are... There's in some Texas, things that What's the difference between a loophole and ethical behavior? No, so again, that's not, that's not a loophole. You, you, that's that's violating the law. I mean, if it's a violation of the law, in you Texas, have to do it. When they audit Take a this. set of books, they look. They that's a specific question that they look for and ask you every business. Yeah, what are your state purchases? Yeah. Yes. Or non or taxable purchases. Taxable purchases, and if it's on, if it's online, they're looking for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have been on it a long time. Yeah, no, it's... But again, so it's I don't know, take I don't something know, relatively small. No, but gift okay. tax. Take a gift tax. But, you have to report. You, you get a gift. purchase where you go, man, the sales tax savings is easily, you know, covers the cost of the freight. Mm -hmm. No, take a simple case. You gift, you technically you have to report every gift you receive. Over, uh, over the limit. No, over, no. over the limit, and then it comes off the... Another type of tax. Yeah, you don't pay the tax since the person gave it to you. That's right. Yeah, but I'm saying they have to report yeah. Only if it's over, so. Well, oh, it's the amount. Yeah, but they, it's only, but then it comes off the the gift credit that you get from the estates. No, I'm not talking about an estate case. I'm talking about every time you get a gift. Why isn't that income? Someone gives me a gift. Because the law says it doesn't. So there's no, you have to I thought there's no. a certain, if you 14,000. Okay. okay. I, I think you may be thinking, they're exactly right. But I think you're thinking if you receive something as compensation, well, it was sure. something other than a gift. So uh, somebody gave you $200 to perform at a ceremony. That's not that's a gift. That's, 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 that's compensation. Sure. Yeah, that you know. should be reporting that's that. Right. Right. That's right. I don't do ceremonies. I, <laughs> just the, just exactly. theoretically, if somebody gave you and out to funerals, fourteen thousand. Three seventy-five. You're done. I'll handle the collections and make sure he gets his. Brian, can you pass me a water? The receiver, correct? The receiver should report that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Yeah. So yeah, that you have you to know, declare. If, if if I'm gonna kind of willing to make a million dollars yeah. this year, okay. Bad year. And yeah, <laughs> okay. And, and comes to me and he says, "Look, don't be a silly, don't be crazy. Okay, why do that? Why don't you form, you know, ten different companies and have the money flow?" No, so that's there. fine. I mean, it's legal. And you, and, it's all legal. And, and I redo. So right. So any loophole, that's not a violation of law. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That's not. Yeah, that's not a problem. Don't matter if you withhold. If you yeah. withhold yeah, information, if you don't give information that you're supposed to. At the RNS, no, it's called audit roulette. And they call it. That's the name that I'm fishing. Okay. You know what it is? I once saw that language, audit roulette. And people who are taking a chance. Listen, it's all an honor system in the United States. If you're taking a chance, you're not going to get on. But, um, okay, so, so, so that's an important thing. There's a difference between withholding what's rightfully someone's and actually stealing. So now the, the, the main, the key role, as we're going to see, is there's a concept which he spoke about many times here, ad nauseum, of dina de machuta dina, which means the law, Judaism says, rabbinic Judaism says, at least, that the law, of, that we as Jews, we, it's understandable we're going to be living in other countries that are not Jewish societies, we have to uphold the law of the land. Now, by the way, the key part we have to uphold it is when it comes to, to, to taxes, that's one of the key places, meaning uh, monetary issues as opposed to, let's say, 
speeding. There are many opinions say if you just uh, speeding is if you don't violate, if you speed, you're not considered violating dina machut It's very limited. It's a big argument. The different opinions as to how to when this concept of dina the machut dina, the the law of the land is applied. When as as observant Jews, when I'm considered in violation. Some say it's only related to monetary laws and specifically to tax. Um, not in other situations. Of course, doesn't mean you can kill people. Doesn't mean you say you can murder. It means that, let's say, speeding, just because I'm speeding doesn't mean I'm also violating halacha. Besides violating the law of the land, I'm also violating halacha. Don't necessarily say that. It's specifically when it comes to Torah law, certain aspects of Torah law, and of course when it doesn't contradict Torah law, meaning if the law of the land contradicts the Torah law, um, then we don't use the law of the land. So there's some examples, just for example, a, a contract, a legal contract, an American secular legal contract, is binding halachically. Is halachically binding because the law of the land says this is a valid contract. Therefore, that is uh, now halachically. If you don't fulfill the terms of your contract, then you violate. What? Yeah. So I'm saying then you violate this law of Oshek. You're, you're defrauding your neighbor of something that's right for you. So, so meaning that's where the law of the land comes into play. So, so the Rambam, the, the Gemara says very clearly when it comes to taxes, the same thing applies. It's one of the key places. It's a Gemara in Baba Kam. It says like this, number five. The Bride states it's prohibited to evade taxes. Shimon states it's permitted. He always permitted. How can, so they asked on Rup Shimon, the second opinion, how can it be permitted to evade the tax? Did Shmuel not state that Dina the Machut Dina, the law of the land, is binding? So the Gemara provides two answers. One is tax evasion is permitted where the tax collector is authorized to collect any sum he wishes, where the tax collector is self-appointed and does not represent the king. So meaning they lived in countries where, uh, let's say, where the basically we're like New Orleans um, <laughs> lawless, lawless. <laughs> right, where, where people the tax collector is you, you, you just basically make up the price someone told me this, I don't know if it's a true story that you know, when it comes to real estate tax in, in Louisiana it's known you, you come to the guy with an envelope, that's the way it works <laughs> that's the official way and he decides your real estate uh, you know, your, your tax, what you're going to pay based on how much is in the envelope? Well, you know, okay. even here, to a certain extent, you go to the board to get your valuation of the property. It's not scientific. There's well, give and take, and there's a little bit of that's yes, factual information involved, but you know, it's still a, it's still a judgment call. So, okay, so that we'll talk about that. That the tax is a set amount. But the percentage is a set amount. That, that's very different than you go with an envelope to. Them. Well, you should, but that is a pretty yeah. different, no, right, than, you know, that's a trier of fact. They reach a conclusion, you may or may not agree with. with right, so meaning so that the difference there is no the evaluation problems. might be skewed, but that's that different. The, the percentage, the set amount. It's certainly not. The tax is still a set amount. It's a percentage of, of the value. The tax is a set amount. Here we're talking about what it seems to the Gemara is saying is, I mean, this guy just decides whatever he wants. He comes to visit you in your house and he decides what he likes. He takes what he likes. That's the way they used to collect taxes in certain societies. So that, that's not a just system and therefore I have a right to, to hide my things before the tax. I see the guy down the block. I can hide my items before he comes into the house. That's what we're saying. In that case, you have a right to do that. Um, or he's self-appointed and he's not representing the government. Where you have, let's say, a mafia, you know, uh, what's it called? Those people who come to your business and they ask Brazers. for tax. No, no, no. That's Brian. The mafia? Right. When they come and they say that, you know, if you want to stay in business, you have to, uh, you know, what's the, what's the name for it? No, but there's, Extortionist. But there's a word, there's a name for it. Racketeering. Uh, right. So that's what, what did they say? 
in New York. The mob. So no, no. What do they say? They come into your business and right. they say... Protection one. Protection. Protection. No. If you want to stay in business, and you know you need to pay, pay us this amount. Stay in business. So that's, that's I believe, we, we're talking about... How do we classify here. the... Was it the taxes where the uh, tax collector is... You pay your money to the tax collector, not to the state, not to the county. Tax assessor, yeah. Tax assessor. That's a different system, right? You know, how, how does he fall in this category? No, but he's well, working for the government. He represents for the... It's he's elected. elected. He's elected, and he's obligated to, to you know. He, it just money's not going thing. into his pocket. Even though I found that interesting, uh, you, you write his name on the check. Yeah, you write his name. That's, That's very right. cool. Like in, in, in other states, it doesn't exist. If we have a, a more relevant example to, yes. to go for, let's, for example, say that, um, that that Brian and I are both in business. In my, we both have the same kind of corporation. In his business, he 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 gets his customers by running ads in newspapers and magazines. 100% deductible. Okay, but in my business, it's much more hands-on, much smaller amount of customers. It's it's entertaining and meals and taking out the Okay? The United States government today says that 50% of what I spend to promote my business is deductible. 100% of what he spends on advertising is deductible. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's just. Okay, so well, we'll talk about so how do you define not trust? We'll get there in a second. Okay, well that's that's it's important. That's you're, you're, it's a good right the point you're on. Okay, no, but I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get it's gonna get I'm gonna okay. get more on that point in a second. Okay, so that's the Talmud. Now the, the Maimonides when he codifies this law, <coughs> says like this. Um, so Maimonides codifying the Talmud, he says in number six, he says when when does the statement that a customs collector is a considered to be a highwayman, meaning a robber, plus I mean there was this concept the Talmud does quote that is. Customs uh, collector is could call him a highway uh, uh, a pirate, basically. Okay, so he says, when is that applicable? When the customs collector is a Gentile, in parentheses, Star Wars, or that's censored version, is self-appointed or is appointed by the king, but is given unlimited jurisdiction and takes whatever he wants and leaves whatever he wants. Okay, he says, my man, so so meaning he's defining what's when when is it an unjust system? He's defining it when you have someone who's self-appointed. Right, that's what we're saying. A record, some guy who he or he's he's given unlimited jurisdiction. He there's no rate, there's no set rate. This guy makes up the rules as he goes along. So he's appointed by the government, but the government said, "Listen, you're in charge, there are no rules. And, and 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 you can decide what which what each person pays based on their income." He he basically makes the decisions on his own. So that's unjust. That's what we're saying. My man is at least he's calling that unjust and. And therefore, you would be—you would not necessarily, if you can evade it, evade the taxes in that situation, you'd be allowed to halakhically. Meaning, the law of dinah the machut wouldn't be applicable. The law of the land that we're saying is, even though it's the law of the land, this guy's coming with a badge on his on his shirt, and, and he's the sheriff, and he's saying, "I'm taking your car." So, but we're saying, since it's up to him, it's up to his um, decision. And it's up to his, he decides, you know, and it's his prerogative what to take and what not to take. That's unjust, says my man. If, however, the custom collector was appointed by the king, take a third, fourth, or any fixed amount, so I mean there's a set rate, so as long as there's a set rate, such a person is not considered to be a robber. The law established by the king is binding law, says my man. Indeed, anyone who does not pay this tax transgresses, for he's taking what is due to the king. So then you'd be a violation, he's saying, of, of the fraud, of frauding the. the what the Torah calls Oshek. Okay, so he's, he's laying it out very, seemingly very clearly that, that if there's a set amount, um, so then, so then that's, that's considered just. Okay? 
law is just, but what if the, the reality of the circumstances Okay, so, so one second. Louisiana. Before I get, oh, yes, that's something else. So that would be not. No, so before his case, so one second. So in Louisiana, for sure, if the, there's, meaning there's no set amount, means this guy, depending on the meeting, how the meeting goes, he's going to decide what the rate is. So then that's a problem. And that's what my mind is saying you don't have to. You, you, if there's somehow you can get out of it without going to jail, then that's your prayer. You couldn't choose to do that. It would seem to be safe. But if it's a set rate, meaning like, let's say Brian was talking about before, there's whatever, I don't know what the real estate tax is these days. 3%. 3% of your, of your, of your, of, of the assessed value. So, so, so that's, that's just, it's a set amount. Everyone's equal. Just I happen to own a more nicer house, you open a lesser house. So you're paying more, I'm paying less, but it's a set rate for everyone. Okay, now you might not like the way they value it, the way they value it, so that's why there's an appeal process. That doesn't make it not just. Um, meaning the, the rate is a set rate. So Ramani is saying, as long as there's a set rate, you're good. Doesn't okay. exempt the, no. It doesn't exempt you. No, the force is taking something that doesn't belong Let's to just you. Just use the real estate example. If the appraiser is crooked, and everybody knows that if you drop him off a thousand dollars in cash, he'll cut your valuation by fifty percent. <coughs> okay. Let's yeah, just so use that hypothetical. <coughs> so it's still the same. I mean, the law says it's a three percent tax. So if I know that all of the people in this room have given that guy a thousand dollars and had their, <coughs> I'm still not. No, so I believe I believe that that would fit into this guy who's who's basically he's saying he's uh, he's giving he's given unlimited jurisdiction. He's not might not be given a limited jurisdiction, but he's taking unlimited jurisdiction. So I would be justified yes. in doing what I have to That's do. That's what I quite my mind. Yes. Yes. Okay, let's go back to. I, just, I, I, I don't read it that way. Okay, you can. Why you don't read my mind that way? Yeah. Why? Why are you saying that? What do you see I, in my mind? I'm reading it so that just because you know, I'll, I'll choose Ruben is, is is crooked and the and the tax collector is crooked. The law. I'm still denying by by. I'm using that as justification for cheating. If they are, but the reality no, is, if the law is no, listen, I'm not, I don't know. You'd still only be allowed. You still have to pay what you're obligated to pay. Just because someone's crooked, meaning again, so let's say in your case, so let's say this guy, because you gave him the five thousand dollars, he now valued the property, you know, fifty percent of its value. So you still obligate to pay whatever technically you should have paid. Well, let's take a hundred thousand dollars. Am I obligated? If I know that my property, I just paid, I just bought it two yes, weeks ago for so, hundred thousand dollars. So listen, first of all, paying a bribe is prohibited. That's a separate issue. It's a violation of Torah law anyway. Bribing a so judge or someone in that state. On that hundred thousand dollar valuation, okay, I need to pay it. Even if you are the assessor and you come to me and say, hey, for a thousand bucks, I'll drop it down to ten thousand dollars. Yes. Yes. I'm still yes. obligated to pay the 3%. Right. What I'm saying is, let's say the guy, the opposite, let's say the guy un unrightfully not charged you more than he should have charged. That's what we're saying, you're not obligated to pay what's above and beyond what you should be paying. If he, if, if he decides on his own volition to, because he doesn't like your face, to charge you more, that's, that's what we're saying, it's an issue. Yeah. Now, going back to Dan's example of tax writers,
yes, we still all have that same percentage to pay, but the, the question is, how do you evaluate what is income? That becomes the power of the tax code. Right. So why do you mention lobbies? What is lobby? Well, because I'm saying, we're saying, what, is, what do we call just? Do we consider the system just because we can't afford it to negotiate our own, you know, deductions compared to somebody else? No, but listen, right, let's say, take real estate, right? If you go, like I know, I just don't have the time to go down and fed. Everyone no, goes down to fed, right? So I'm no, saying, so... No, no, that's different. You know, listen, you, if you can... This huh? is calculating this is income. Everyone, everybody in business has to figure, has to report what their gross receipts are, what their expenses cost of doing business, and, mm-hmm. and this is the net profit. What counts and what doesn't count. Okay. So, it can be that it, it can be the difference between paying no tax, a little tax, or a lot of tax, depending on what you So what's not just? So well, which part is not just? Okay, no, what's Brian saying? He's not just. I'm saying, let's say, if we feel it's, there's not a just system there, because the only ones who can afford to get their income reduced have the... No, so I don't know if that makes it not a just system. I, ju- again, the, my man is, according to my man is at least, he's defining what justice is. Justice is if there's a set amount across the board. Now, what's interesting is in this, I didn't see anywhere someone, uh, Rabbi Libman, call I was discussing with him this morning because he recently gave a class on this also. So he wanted to say uh, in the Rambam, in my man is, that you see from man is just means everyone has to be equal. I mean, it has to be a set rate. So meaning, for example, what we have, which is, so I put down here, a tax bracket system where it's not equal. Meaning, once you hit a certain amount, now you're paying 50, it goes up 15%. The guy who's making less is only paying 10, or actually the opposite, probably. The more you make, the less percentage you pay. So that's, he wanted to say, according to my mind, that wouldn't be a just system, the way we have it set up today in America, because it's not a set price. Why should, this guy's paying 10%, this guy's paying 15%, this guy's paying 30% on his income. So that's not set. So in essence, according to Maimonides, he, he, you know, depending on how you read Maimonides, one second, depending on how you read Maimonides, he's saying Maimonides saying either everyone has to be equal. The ju- just system is either we take a third, a fourth, or any fixed amount. It could be 50% of your income, but everyone's equal. That's a just system. Once you have a system where certain people are paying 15%, certain people are paying 30%, so then that's not a just system. And then he, he's saying, so what he said, according to Rabbi Lippman this morning, I was having a conversation, he said, therefore, let's say anything above the lowest tax bracket, you, should, you don't have to pay your taxes, according to this. <laughs> because, because what's the lowest tax bracket? 10%? Uh, yeah. So that means that's, that's equal. Everyone's paying, that's just, because everyone's paying 10%. But anything above 10%, He's saying it's not a just system. Maybe he's, that's the way he's reading my mind. We have, I mean, I'm not sure that's clear from my mind. It's clearly not explicit. My mind doesn't say that. Just he's saying hey, basically a just system is where everyone's treated equally. Okay, and since that's, that's since we're not treated equally, yeah, but that everyone is treated equally. Just this guy has more means to 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 sort of work within the system. I'm not sure that's not called being treated. Equally. Listen, if you want to hire uh, a PR firm to you know whatever it is. Uh, Business guy to, to figure out every loophole you can. Well, okay, you can just you don't happen to have that. You don't have the means. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not equal. Then another industry, you know, the rates are the same. That again, saying that, that is a that is just. Say it again. Say one industry because of the way they're structured pays higher income tax than another industry in the way they're structured. Yeah, but again, the tax, the rate is the same. Okay. That's what it would sound like from a manager. Okay. Because if, uh, your, your whole system is based on it being very clear and easy to define that. But today, you have people that make $12,000 a year 
pay no income taxes, file a return, they get a $6,500 check back from the federal government because that's me. That's me. Mm -hmm. okay. That's right. So, <laughs> we'll, that's, what's, we have a problem with that? Got a problem with that? <laughs> Sorry, where's the complaint department? The, 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 what I'm at, I guess what it comes down to. I, I, I'm just curious. Are you as upset with the General Electric paid no taxes as you are with the anecdotal story of somebody who made twelve thousand five hundred dollars you're getting six dollars. That's not anecdotal. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just no, not but that's your that's your anecdotal you know story. No, it's not anecdotal. Listen, it's a fact of life. Because I sit around these meetings all the time where people say, you know, these welfare queens are, are getting rich. I've driven extensively on the east side of town to see these welfare queens that are doing They're so not, well. I, I, I um, but I never hear anybody say, you know, General Electric paid nothing. General I'm really Electric upset about that. I think, I know, General Electric paid 8%? Should no, actually, I last year they paid, paid zero. 8%? United, United States taxes. Okay, but they also paid 8% of everybody's compensation, up to $60,000 a year, of which there is a gazillion dollars worth of, you know, worth a payroll that, that got taken care of anyway, and property taxes and such and such. So they're not like they're not paying any tax. But that's well, No, but he's right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Which I'd be happy to argue that point. Well, that's, that's the point well, is right. he's right. It's, it's not fair on both ends. Let's not pick on any. My question is in every day when we're sitting here going, you know what? They only allow us a 50% deduction for meals and entertainment. Okay? But why'd that start though? I understand why it started. It started with Carter. Well, no, not when. No, why? <laughs> why did it start? That's not abuse. All the drinking and alcohol. They lowered it. But so what? What? Was abuse of it? That's why. Okay, what's exactly? My question. So, yeah, so what's okay. the question? Let's get back Carter, to Tori. Let's get back to Tori. Let's not blame Carter. It's not a blame. It's what's the moral course we should follow? Okay. If I go, you know what? Listen, every, let me explain Nobody's something. Nobody's going to know every that system, Rabbi Grossman came along the most, to, the, to, the, to the baseball event outing that I paid for the tickets. The most just system, the most just system is going to have, is always going to be issues. It's impossible to have a perfect system. That's, listen, I'm not, I'm not claiming our system is anywhere near perfect. But again, the question is, we need to define what's considered unjust. So my man is kind of funny. He's saying very clearly, if it's a flat rate, you know, he's, he says... It's a fixed amount. It doesn't care if even if it's ninety-five percent of your income, and that might be just. If everyone's being treated, the point is unjust. According to Rambam, is saying is if I'm charging you a different price because of your nose, because I don't like your nose, or because of your keeper, or because of uh, you're in this business, because you're in uh, prostitution, okay. whatever it is, because we, because because you're in the uh, in the uh, what's it called, the gambling business. So therefore, we're going to charge you a higher tax. That might be unjust. What about Davis? Okay, Is but anything else? What, listen, there's a lot of problems with the system. We're not saying just because you have one corrupt guy in the IRS, or, or because last year they, 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 you know, they targeted the Tea Party. Therefore, now we don't have to pay tax. Very simple, straightforward. There's law of the land. Mm -hmm. You need to be in compliance with. The no, law but what we're saying is that the law of the land uh, is unjust. Uh, uh, then we don't have to be in compliance. That's the point. That's why. That's, <laughs> that's why they're getting all excited. That's what my man needs to say. If the law of the land, if the tax system is corrupt, then we don't have to comply right, with in it. In a corrupt system. But yes. if it's the law of the land in, in, a, in a 
just society, society. and then you yes. have to honor. Yes, but what, what, I, what I said before is, so again, now we have to define what's just. with some of the deduction, you know, some of the fine print. Yes. I'm and unhappy it, that he gets a deduction at all. So, <laughs> you know, he wants to be unhappy that he's not getting 100%. I'm unhappy that he gets to go out and charge it off at all. So, exactly. so you know, everybody's got some axe to grind. The point is, I think what we're saying is, I think what Manly is saying is everything has to be, everyone has to be treated equal. That's the bottom line. So, for example, Social Security tax, that's what I put down the bottom, Medicaid, payroll tax, everyone is equal in that. Over there, there's one set price, and again, you might be able to lobby whatever reason, you know, but I'm saying, but technically, everyone across the board, there's no, there's no differentiation in those taxes. No, there's not, but what, if you're self-employed, you're going to get more benefit anyways just because you can do more that, that you yourself can't do because you're not self-employed. Okay, but, I'm saying, but, that's not, but I'm saying, but everyone's treated equally. What I'm saying is there's a, there's a flat, yeah, in yeah. Social Security, Medicaid, payroll, is everyone, there's a flat rate, yeah. No, there's no difference of your income, there's no difference how much you make. How much no, you no, this year if you make over $200,000, you get an additional tax. Still equal. It'll, mm. what, what you're saying is that it's, yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, in, in theory we're all paying the same rate. Therefore, your point is my money is saying you're right. It's, all, it's, it's a just system because even if it's not necessarily fair, it applies to everybody across right. the board. Right, exactly. exactly. You know, okay. So complaining about the rate or how much you deduct, that's, that doesn't make it not just. That's what it would seem like to me from my mind. As long as everyone's treated equally, then you can't complain. Okay. That means it's a that's defined as a just system. I want to move on because we don't have much okay. time. Seven, if you turn the page to the back. So this is where, and we quoted this actually, we gave the class online. So the Talmud says very clearly, one of the examples where it's permitted to lie, it says one is permitted to make a vow to murderers, hunters, and corrupt tax collectors that the produce they wish to seize is truma, which is only permitted to be eaten by priests and therefore of little value. The term of explanation is that even murderers and robbers will not violate the prohibition against truma. Even if it is not truma, or that property they wish to seize belongs to the royal house. Even if it does not. So I mean when, it, when he's saying when a corrupt Kamar is saying when a corrupt tax collector comes around to your to your property looking for what what he's gonna charge you for, you're allowed to lie, again, if, if he's corrupt, you're allowed to lie and say this is this actually belongs to the king, whatever that means. Um, in those days, or this is true, but belongs to the priest and therefore um, it's exempt from tax, even though he's lying, he's outwardly lying. You're allowed to take a vow and make a vow saying this doesn't belong to me. When it's a corrupt system. Okay, so that's, that's the key word, corrupt. Okay, and again, that's the question how to define it. You know, those you know, libertarians will say the IRS is corrupt. So, so that's a... But you go with that. Okay, but... So what you're saying it. is that even though I may not think it's fair, or he may not think something's fair, right. as not long as it applies universally... Right, then, it, then, then it's considered it fair. It doesn't matter. We, right. we, there's no justification. Right. Fear, not, not fear, is a very important point. Not fear and corrupt are two different things. Um, not fear, there's always someone crying not fear. Not corrupt. Fear is the eye of the beholder. Right, not fear is very subjective. Corrupt means it's corrupt. So we, what we're saying is not treating everyone equally, that's considered corrupt. Okay. That's what's because and again, so as Rabbi was talking to this morning, he wanted to make the claim, which is again, I asked him. He, it's not. I didn't see this in any any halachic book. He said that maybe our tax bracket system would be considered not treating everyone equal, if you view it, if you take it to the extreme. But again, that's up for debate. Okay. Now the next the next gemara I found was in Baba Batra, where you see that there is a difference 
between how much we charge people. It says cases, meaning that we're collecting for the wall around the city for security. So depending, the Gemara seems to imply that depending on how close you live to the edge of the city, you can be charged more um, for contributing to the to the security to the security wall. The last inquiry of Yochanan is the number eight. It is the is the impost for the wall levied as a poll tax or according to means. He replied as levied according to means. And you, Lazar, my son, fix this ruling firmly in your mind. According to another version of Lazar asked Yochanan whether the impost is levied in a proportion to the proximity of the resident's house to the wall or to his means. He replied in proportion to the proximity of the house to the wall. So it seems like there's two different views. Either way, we're saying they're not being treated equal. And someone of more means is paying more for the wall in this case. Um, someone or someone who's closer who needs the wall more, who needs the security wall more. By the way, just and I'm not, that's a, that's really the next part, but um, it's very relevant to the politics in Israel. Is that the Gemara says a Tamukacham, a scholar, Torah scholar doesn't have to pay security tax because they're protected by their Torah. <laughs> okay, mm. so, uh, so that's a nice loophole. So this gets into the whole question in Israel with the army, and that's part of the whole debate, which we're not going to get into today. So, so or ever. Yeah. So as you say, if it's levied according to means, it's, it's not a just tax? No, I mean, it seems to be, what I'm pointing at, seems to be an opposite side of the coin. Specifically here, where you're dealing with a security tax, so to speak. So it would seem like we have a right to to treat people differently. That's, that's my point. Yeah, I don't know how this fits in with the Ramah. I don't know. I haven't seen anyone discussing the contrast, but here it seems to be implying that we can charge you based on your need, the tax is charged based on your need, or based on your means, which would s- seem that we're not charging everyone equal. So in this particular tax, so as an interesting case, we only have one more minute. I just want to address the, the, the also the concept of tax exempt, very dear and near, near and dear to my heart. Um, is, is you know tax exempt organizations is is something that has its source in the Torah too. It's actually the original. We see this concept by Pharaoh. When the when the Jews came to Egypt, the original when Jacob and his family came down to Egypt, so says Joseph, um, they gave the family of Jacob and all the twelve tribes specific land in Goshen. It says that was the land of the priests, and there was no yeah, there was no tax because the even way the back land, then within the land of Goshen or all of Goshen, but all, all of Goshen all it seems was considered the land of the priests, and they specifically sent them there because they, you know it was Joseph's father and they and they were I guess considered he was a spiritual leader and he's, they didn't they wouldn't charge him tax the point is you see this concept in those this is whatever 5,000 years ago in Egypt they wouldn't charge tax to the priests in Egypt okay so it says only the land of the priests he did not buy since the priest had a stipend by, this is it says Joseph bought up all land that was part of his economic plan was he bought up all the farmland because of the upcoming famine but it says only the land of the priests he did not buy since the priest had a stipend from Pharaoh and they lived off their stipend that Pharaoh had given them. When the land produces grain, you will have to give a fifth to Pharaoh. Okay, so I don't, I don't know exactly what the verse is referring to, but the point is, there was no, they were tax exempt. The priests in those days also, which is similar, that concept comes from the Torah. You see clergy is tax exempt, um, even in those days. And it's a very good thing. That hey. <laughs> should continue. And the last important issue, which is just something that, and just to put into historical perspective, I think we mentioned here in the past, um, we did discuss, by the way, taxes in 2010 here in this class. We discussed this similar topic. With you. I don't know if you were here at the time. But um, the, the point is, 
there was a, throughout the ages, one of the, uh, historically, Jews, most of the countries we lived in were unjust countries. And if you look at history, um, and spe- specifically when it came to tax revenue and things like that. So there was a concept of Masira, that means uh, there was a, uh, you'd always have this throughout history, fortunately too, where Jews would tattletale on other Jews to the government. It was, this was an easy way to get someone, because the government wasn't just to begin with, and they would be glad to go ahead and, and, uh, and get, a, get, a, get a Jew. So there was, this was a terrible thing that occurred throughout history. So it talks about how it was putting it into historical context, tell, tattletaling on a fellow Jew was one of the worst um, sins, obviously, um, in, in times past. But that was, of course, in unjust governments. It's important today, and rabbis have specifically ruled on this in many cases, that there's no question, Moshe Feinstein, that's why I put his name down here, I didn't get a chance to look at it today, has a, a tshuva where can a, a religious Jew ask him a question, can he be, he works for the IRS, they're giving him auditing cases, he's auditing cases of uh, fellow Jews where he knows there's major problems. Can he do that? And he said unequivocally, yes, it's 100% permitted, because the only time there's a question of Messiah, what's called Messiah, which means um, handing someone, a fellow Jew, over to a government is when it's an unjust government. When it's a just government, you have, they should be handed over, it says very clearly. There's no question you should report. Uh, um, and he says you can be, he says, listen, if he can possibly give the case over to someone else, to another agent, it would be better. But he said there's no question um, when it comes to cases of fraud, you're allowed to report fraud to the government, um, to, even if it's a fellow Jew, without question. So I just wanted to make sure that's clear to all, meaning you don't have, because the Shulchan Aruch rules very clearly, it's prohibited to tell tell on a fellow Jew. So it says, of course, that's only talking about when in cases where it's an unjust government. If you're living in, in uh, Iran or, or you know, Libya or Syria, that would be a problem, reporting a fellow Jew to the government. But here he says, of course, it's not. Interesting. So, I mean, it's interesting because I read actually about Zionism, in, um, beginning of Zionism. So, someone once pointed this out in a book I read that um, when they, these people gave up their life for the country, you know, in, 19, in the 40s and the 30s. You know, they came there and they fought for the country and they literally gave up their lives. They lived there and started the kibbutzim, these chalutzim, these pioneers. It says when, they came, when the state was founded, tax fraud was one of was like, you know, 70%. So these same people giving up their life for the country came to paying taxes. <laughs> they refused to pay taxes. <laughs> so it's a, I don't know if it's a Jewish thing, but so I was telling this to someone this morning, he pointed out, but the point is in Israel, there are certain countries where the, the tax or whatever this means is it's made to, uh, to try, the system is set up in a way where you're supposed to evade the tax. Okay. You're supposed to evade tax. Yes, meaning it's, it's yeah, set up. Exactly right, that. so there's certain, so yeah, the and question I think, is... Yeah, uh, that's one of the issues uh, yeah, Greece. why they're yeah, struggling so. so much because... Well, you make it, the more complicated you make the tax, that's not quite so because Greece isn't more complicated than the United States tax code. It's, it's a, it's it's a mores and culture. And, and it is also about you know, the, the, justice of, the justness of the system. So... Greece and Italy are not more complicated than, than the United States has. Kind of. No, I think it's, I think it just reach a point in any society where people go, you know, my, my best experience in Israel. Paper around uh, the sign-in sheet. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethic Institute for a complete selection of our lectures. 
please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom. Shalom.